Hey listeners, rarely do I get to read an ad for a company that I've seen grow since inception. I'm so excited to tell you about Bev. Bev is breaking norms and changing drinking culture to empower women. 80% of adult beverage companies are still male-owned and operated, while 60 to 70% of the consumer is female. Bev is trying to change that. Bev has three canned wines that are crisp, dry, and a little fizzy. The fact that the wine is in cans makes it so easy to transport and take wherever you are. Get yours by going to drinkbev.com and use the promo code Jenny to get 15% off your order. Check it out. I promise it's really worth it. And you're supporting someone I love. Hello, my name is Emma Kathleen Hepburn Ferrer. I am an artist, a political activist, and a creative director. And I'm also the granddaughter of Audrey Hepburn. I'm really excited to introduce and host today's episode of Encyclopedia Womanica, featuring my grandmother Audrey Hepburn herself. Audrey Hepburn was an incredible actress, a model, a philanthropist, a woman, a mother, but she was also a refugee. And I think that it's really important for people to learn her story, where she came from, how she became the woman that we know her to be. So please sit back and join me today as we go through this brief history of Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Kathleen Rustin was born on May 4th, 1929 in Ixelles, Belgium, to noble parents. Her mother, Ella van Heemstra, was a Dutch baroness and her father, Anthony Joseph Rustin, was an insurance executive who claimed English and Scottish nobility. He would later add the surname of one of his noble ancestors, Hepburn, to the family name. Audrey's home life was tumultuous, which is something I think we can all relate to. Her parents frequently fought, and in 1935, Audrey's dad walked out on the family. Four years later, with the rise of World War II, Audrey's mother moved her and her brothers to her own father's home, Audrey's grandfather's home, in the supposedly neutral Netherlands, where Audrey was enrolled in the Arnhem Conservatory. During her childhood, Audrey's parents had both been members of right-wing fascist political groups. But when the Germans invaded the Netherlands in 1940, a few days after her 11th birthday, Audrey and her mother saw firsthand the horrors of fascism and left the political beliefs behind, instead joining the Dutch resistance. During the war, Audrey danced in underground performances to raise money for the resistance and even quarried secret correspondences in her shoes, riding her bike back and forth between these secret meetings and her home. The idea was that children were less likely to be stopped by the SS and German soldiers. She continued this work despite the intimate run-ins with danger. Audrey witnessed the execution of two of her family members, her uncle being the first officially executed of the occupation, and her half-brother being hauled off to a labor camp by the Germans. After the war, Audrey found work modeling and was cast in a Dutch film. She then moved with her mother to London to pursue her love of ballet, studying under Marie Rambert, the famed ballet teacher and Nijinsky collaborator. 
After a few years, Audrey asked Marie whether she might have a chance at becoming a prima ballerina. Unfortunately, Marie gently replied, her being too tall and not having sufficiently developed her muscles during the war would become an impediment. The fact is that during the war, Audrey was surviving off of bread that was made from tulips, and she didn't develop the strength that the other girls did, having almost died of starvation and having suffered from jaundice. However, she was unable to stop working because of the situation of her family. So she went on to acting, ultimately landing a role in Monte Carlo Baby. This led her to her fortuitous encounter with French novelist Colette. And in a fairy tale-like sequence of events, Colette spied on Audrey on the set from a hotel terrace in Monte Carlo and knew instantly that she wanted her for the lead in the upcoming Broadway adaptation of her book, Gigi. Audrey's performance in Gigi won critical acclaim and garnered immediate attention from the press and from Hollywood. The New York Times called her spontaneous, lucid, and captivating. The Paramount Scouts came to New York looking for a European princess for the upcoming film, Roman Holiday. Why don't you take a little time for yourself? Maybe another hour. Live dangerously. Take the whole day. I could do some of the things I've always wanted to. Once cast in the part, filmmaker William Wyler delayed the production of Roman Holiday until Gigi closed in early 1952, just so that Audrey could participate. Roman Holiday was Audrey Hepburn's breakout Hollywood role. She played a princess who sneaks away from her royal obligations to live life as a regular girl, who quickly becomes enraptured with an American reporter, played by Gregory Peck. And wait till you see the princess let her hair down, with a whole army turning Rome upside down to find her. Joe, we can't go running around town with a hot princess. You want in on this deal, or don't you? And what a deal it is when the princess starts giving Greg the royal runaround. Following the release of Roman Holiday, Audrey's face was splashed across Time magazine, claiming that she glows with the fire of a finely cut diamond. She won the Best Actress Academy Award for the role at only 23 years of age. Audrey's career took off. She starred in Sabrina, which earned her another Oscar nomination, opposite Humphrey Bogart and William Holden. While filming, Audrey and Holden began an affair. But Audrey wanted a family, and Holden was still married and actually could no longer have children, so the couple eventually split up. Holden seemed to take it particularly hard, and even several years later, while filming another movie, he drunkenly climbed a tree outside her window and fell onto a parked car on the street below. Shortly after her split from Holden, Audrey was introduced by Gregory Peck to American actor Mel Ferrer, my grandfather. They starred together in the Broadway production of Ondine, for which Audrey won a Tony Award, and later wed in 1954. Audrey continued to star as romantic leads in 1957's Funny Face, my personal favorite film she was ever in, opposite Fred Astaire, and then Love in the Afternoon, opposite Gary Cooper. In 1959, she starred in A Nun's Story, which followed the feelings and doubts of becoming a nun in Belgium. It was deemed her most demanding film role and finest performance by Variety, and earned her yet another Oscar nomination. I love this role because she spent months and months living with the Franciscan nuns and friars, watching their every movement, learning about their devotion and their dedication, trying to understand how she could possibly portray this way of life on the silver screen. 
Do you realize that every time you make me talk to you like this, I should go down on my knees before my sisters and proclaim my fault? After enduring several miscarriages, Audrey gave birth to a son, Sean, my father, in 1960. Following the birth of her son, Audrey hit her stride over the next four years with box office hits, including Breakfast at Tiffany's in 1961, Paris When It Sizzles, and Charade in 1963, then finally, My Fair Lady in 1964. Famously, author Truman Capote objected to casting Audrey in Breakfast at Tiffany's, having written the role with Marilyn Monroe in mind. Regardless, her performance in the film garnered Audrey yet another Oscar nomination. And I often ask myself what the film would have been like had it not featured Audrey, had it actually featured Marilyn Monroe. Around this time, Audrey reconciled with her father, who had abandoned the family when she was a child, as we can remember. Her husband had worked with the Red Cross to locate her father and arranged a meeting between the two of them in Dublin. While it is reported to have been an uncomfortable reunion, Audrey would continue to support him financially until his death. In 1966, Audrey suffered another miscarriage. Depressed with her marriage, she threw herself into the film Two for the Road, opposite Hollywood up-and-comer Albert Finney, with whom she had a fling. Her husband Mel would produce the thriller Wait Until Dark for her, before their final separation and for which she earned her last Oscar nomination. Audrey and Ferrer, my grandparents, ultimately divorced in 1968, and she temporarily retired from the show business to raise her son, Sean, my father. Just a year later, Audrey met and remarried a psychiatrist, Dr. Andrea Dotti, with whom she had her second son, Luca, in 1970. From 1976 until 1981, Audrey starred in a few films that were met with mixed reviews. In 1987, she turned to humanitarian work and became the goodwill ambassador for UNICEF. She traveled the world fundraising and advocating for poverty-stricken children. Her final performance was in Steven Spielberg's 1989 film, Always. She played an angel, something I see as highly symbolic, given that it was her last feature film role and the last time she would appear on screen. Audrey Hepburn died of colon cancer in her home in Switzerland in 1993, five months before I was born, at the age of 63. Today, Audrey remains a symbol of inner and outer elegance and one of the most iconic figures in the world to have ever lived. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another leading lady. Jenny Kaplan will return to speak about another Hepburn, the headstrong Catherine Hepburn, a legend in her own right. You can also follow Encyclopedia Womanica on Facebook and Instagram, at Encyclopedia Womanica, and you can also find me on Instagram. I'm at EKH Ferrer. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.